0: seated. Uh, My name is Andrew Pratt. I'm one of the elders here. And uh, it's good to see all of these uh, wonderful faces this morning. Got a a full house. Uh, I have the pleasure to once again introduce our our guest speaker, um, Sean Tinclay. Uh, He's here. And uh, I actually know Sean's wife longer than I've known uh, Sean himself. So we actually grew up at the same church, um, Melton Clay. And uh, she's a, a few years older than me, and my mom actually reminded me when I got older that I think she actually babysat me as I was a little kid. I don't know if that's true, um, but we, yeah, we went to the same church, and then when I was coming down to Multnomah, my pastor up in Olympia said, you have to go to Central Bible Church and intern under Shanton Clay. Like, it's just, you, there's no other choice. This is what you have to do. He's uh, a great man of God, and he, he serves the church faithfully. And uh, eventually I got around, long story short, to coming here and to serving. And uh, after uh, a few years of serving with Sean as an intern, he actually uh, went on to serve in Olympia at the church that I grew up in. They moved back to Olympia, and that was kind of an interesting way where we switched, switched roles. And when I uh, came on staff here, you wouldn't believe how many people would say, you know, saying, you had big shoes to fill. I mean, Sean was an incredible youth pastor. He was a long time. Uh, And I guess if you look at the last eight to 10 years, I have completely underwhelmed expectations or overwhelmed expectations, depending on how you look at it. So you can't say the last eight to 10 years haven't been exciting. So that's one thing. So yeah, I just want to introduce Sean here and uh, bring him up here and uh, just give him a big thank you for coming. Andrew has done a
1: great job in his years here. And not long after Andrew started attending Central Bible, he got a Winnebago and he grew his hair long because he didn't want to get a girlfriend at the time. But when he met Abby, I think everything changed and he found a great gal to get married to. So it is a blessing and an honor for me to be here today in this room with you all this morning. I just want to pray really quick. Lord, thank you for your faithfulness, thank you for your love and your grace. As we even sang that song, all my days you have been faithful, all my days you have been so, so good, and we have a lot to be thankful for. Most importantly, Father God, through you sending your Son, Jesus Christ, to make a way for us when there was no way to pay the penalty of our sins unless we wanted to pay it ourselves and Lord we thank you for your grace we thank you for your forgiveness we thank you for life in Jesus Christ and we proclaim that we have life through Jesus today and we celebrate that life and yet at the same time has been prayed has been shared Lord there is grief there is sorrow there's pain And there is loss, and we recognize that. But we know that you're in control, that you know everything. You knew this was going to happen at some point in the life of Central Bible Church. And so, God, would you just speak to our hearts today as we remember, as we think about who you have been and how you have worked through the life of CB, and also how you're going to work in the future through us, through our lives, wherever we're at so we give ourselves to you and we just praise you and thank you and pray this in Jesus name and everybody said amen, amen. well as i think about central bible there's a couple of verses right off the top that stand out to me about the life of central bible church and this first verse in romans chapter 1 verse 8 i thank my god through jesus christ for all of you because your faith is being reported all Over the world. And that is so true this morning. As we sit here in Central Bible Church, what I don't even know what the date is. I know it was Valentine's Day a couple days ago. Is it the 16th already? February 16th. I mean, there are thousands of people all over the world that are proclaiming the name of Jesus and know the name of Christ because of men and women, boys and girls that have left this building. It's just a building, but left this family and have gone out and are serving and The verse in Thessalonians is kind of my theme verse this morning. 1 Thessalonians 1.8, the Lord's message rang out from you. Not only in Macedonia and Achaia, your faith in God has become known everywhere. The Lord's message is ringing out everywhere because of this church, because of the faithfulness of you the men and women who say, this is my church, this is my family, the men and women who have sat here in the years before us and now have gone and proclaimed the name and the life of Jesus Christ. I think of a student, Julie Ingeman, that I had many years ago in my youth group here. She grew up with her five sisters. I see one of her sisters over here, Joy. And I know there's a lot of people here who you used to come to Central Bible. This was a significant place in your life. And you're here because you're grieving as well. And this is important for you to be here, to be with the body that's been here through the thick and thin of the last four years where things have been really tough, and maybe even a little longer. But Julie is in the Democratic Republic of Congo, and she is literally saving lives, helping women, teaching them how to give birth, working with midwives, and saving babies, being born that used to die before she got there, and doing evangelism. Uh, One time she snagged one of my cameras on one of our trips and I got home. I didn't know this. I get home from one of our youth retreats and I develop my film. You remember we used to develop film? And I'm so excited to get my pictures and all of a sudden I'm looking through all my photos like, what is this? There was like 20 pictures of these two girls' bare feet in sandals. She had snagged my camera and taken all these pictures and wasted them. Uh, Then we got Dan and Kara Dan started attending this church when he was in junior high. His dad moved to go to Multnomah, Mike Baber, and Mike was the janitor here, actually, the custodian. And uh, Dan was just a wee little whippersnapper in junior high, picking his nose and staying away from girls. But then they moved after his dad graduated and went to be a pastor. Dan came back during his high school years because during the summertime he would work at Trout Creek Bible Camp. And. Then when he got to the college age and right out of college, I gave Dan a call and I said, Dan, you need to come to Central Bible. I want you to be a college intern for me at CEB. He wound up coming. He wound up being an intern with our Sunday night service. And now Dan and his wife Kara and their four kids are in Southeast Asia working with the Mekong people of Southeast Asia, Laos, Thailand, all over the place over there, just doing amazing work for Jesus. The Lord's message has rang out in so many ways through Central Bible. And you know, as I talked to Andrew Zellers a couple weeks ago and then Andrew Pratt and being notified about everything that was happening here, it's put me on this pathway of reflection in my own life. And maybe that's true of you. If you had been at Central Bible long ago and now you're back visiting today, or if you've been here for a while... I've been really reflecting a lot in the last couple of weeks and I had really not put the pieces together of how much Central Bible has shaped my whole spiritual life. I had no idea, really, until I really started thinking about it the last couple of weeks. You see, a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away, <laughs> I lived in a little town called Linden, Washington, five hours north of here. And I was a boy that never went to church. My parents didn't follow Christ. And when I was in fourth or fifth grade, I was invited to go to a Bible camp, Lakeside Bible Camp on Whidbey Island, Washington. There's a guy right back here in a beard. He's a pastor at University Park Baptist Church right here. Chad, raise your hand. Chad and his friend Brian invited me to go to Bible camp. I went to camp that summer, got saved. I believed in Jesus. I was convicted of my lack of knowing Christ, convicted of my sin, and that I needed a savior. And the gospel words were beautiful to me that week as a fifth grade boy. I came home, not a lot changed. I did go to Iwana sometimes at a little church, Grace Baptist, where Chad went to. I loved running around in circles endlessly in Owana and memorizing verses. And I then just progressed through junior high and something significant happened in my life and Chad's life when we were in eighth grade There was a young man who graduated from this place called Multnomah School of the Bible, Multnomah Bible College across the street, and moved to our town to be our youth pastor. His name was Bill Cummins. And Bill Cummins, the interesting thing is, he moved to my town in 1987. And I didn't know this, but I found this out later. Bill Cummins, actually, when he was in seventh grade in 1978, his family moved and started attending Central Bible Church. So, the guy that had probably the most influence in my young spiritual life, Bill Cummins, he attended this church since he was in seventh grade. Then he went to Portland Christian in Multnomah. And then he went to my old little town and was everything to me in the sense of showing me what it was like to be a Christian and a man who wanted to follow after Jesus. And boy, I would have never, never guessed that Central Bible would, the message. Of, Central, of the Lord and the faith of the people of CB would ring out to me, little old me, in Linden, Washington, when I was a ninth grader in high school. And in that ninth grade year, um, my youth pastor, Bill, he took us on a trip. I had never been out of the state of Washington at this point in my life. My dad didn't like to go places. He still doesn't like to go places. And he took us to Portland, Oregon, for the Multnomah Missions Conference. And I thought it was just the Multnomah Bible College Missions Conference, but it was actually the Multnomah Central Bible Missions Conference that they started back in the day. And we came and stayed at a a couple's house from this church, Al and Bev Gauntlet, the Gauntlets. And uh, we stayed at the Gauntlets basement. They had missionaries staying upstairs. We would stay and just destroy the downstairs, 10 to 12 of us students. And I just remember coming into this church every day for the missions conference and being amazed at just the worship times. I'd never been a part of a worship gathering with this whole sanctuary upstairs filled up. And at nighttime, we'd go to the seminars and all that kind of stuff. And at nighttime, we'd go back to the gauntlets where the missionaries would tell their stories about being in the jungles or eaten by headhunters and all those crazy stories, you know. And uh, I don't think any of them were eaten, but... It was just this fascinating time for me every February to come. It was about this time of the year, actually, uh, where the missions conference at Central Bible would happen. And that put in a seed in me of this desire to go to Multnomah at some point in my life. Uh, fast forward, I got to college, and I, I went to a community college down in Centralia, three hours away from home from me. And uh, I was playing basketball I know you can never guess. I usually tell people I, was, I did underwater bingo in college, but really I did basketball in college. And so I was playing ball. But the very first week of school, I f- opened the phone book and I, that looks like my, sounds like my church, Mountain View Baptist Church. So I went there and uh, that was the church I went to for two years. The message of the Lord rang out to me because some of the key leaders at Mountain View Baptist Church in St. Charlie, Washington were from Multnomah Bible College, and a couple of them had attended CB sporadically during that time. And then I got involved with Young Life, and I was a Young Life leader, um, outreach ministry to teens, and my mentor and the leader of Young Life was a guy named Mark Gomez who had graduated from Multnomah Bible College, and it was like every person, key person that came into my life was from Multnomah or Central Bible. And I was 20, 20 years old right there. That was a picture in college. I blew my knee out in that game. Don't blow your knee out. It's not a good idea. But it was one of the best things for me because it humbled me and it showed me there was more to life than basketball. And that set me on a trajectory actually to come to Multnomah that next year. But right before I graduated from community college, some girls invited me to go to uh, Denny's, the girls on the girls basketball team. And so we went to Denny's, me and my buddy Tyrone on the basketball team, and we go to Denny's and they sit me down in front of this girl that I'd never met before, and they told me I should meet her because she was really religious like I was. And I said, no, thank you. <laughs> but anyways, this girl named Melody, she had just been at Multnomah Bible College for three years studying, and I was hoping to go to Multnomah that next fall. And it didn't hurt that she was going back to Multnomah, and then we were dating by the time, but the Lord clearly led me to come to Multnomah. And so I go to Multnomah, I played ball my first year, and I was a part of the gospel team. The basketball team, they would travel and lead services every week at different churches. I know, you would never guess basketball team would do that, but we did that back in the day at Multnomah. And I loved that, but man, I was really longing to be in a church. And... I couldn't be in a church when I did that. So the next year, I didn't play basketball. And I was, I don't know how the Lord ever connected me to Central Bible exactly, but a guy named Rod Taylor was the youth pastor here at the time. Rod was a very influential guy in my life, and in some of yours, too, who are here today. And um, Rod had attended Multnomah. And I don't think he attended Central Bible, per se, when he was a Multnomah student, but then he went with Cadence Military Ministries Overseas, and then came back, and he became the youth pastor at Central Bible. And Rod uh, talked with me, and I connected with Rod, and then I became a youth volunteer leader here at Central Bible about 1994, I think, 95, right in there. And Rod and his wife Dawn just poured into me, in amazing ways. And I'm so thankful for all the people that have poured into my life. But Rod specifically just really discipled me, encouraged me, mentored me as a leader, as a young man. And at that point in time, uh, my senior year, Rod, during the missions conference, was led to go overseas to train youth workers in Ireland with Greater Europe Mission. And he said, Sean, you need to apply. I'm going to tell them to hire you as the next youth pastor. And I said, yeah, right. They're never going to hire me. I went up to my interview with the elders, the elders of Central Bible asked me one question. I remember the guy, Charlie Romantic, he said, tell us your favorite verse. I said, oh, it's got to be First Thessalonians. I just memorized the whole book for one of my classes, all five chapters. The whole book of First Thessalonians has been amazing in this last four months of my life. He said, oh, well, tell us a verse. I couldn't think of one verse at all. <laughs> Not one. Totally blank. And they still hired me somehow. And... Uh, It makes me think about just the significance of just the mentors that we have in our lives. Who's a mentor that's been in your life? Don't tell me, but think about Who's somebody in your life that you could say, man, I don't know I would be where I'm at today spiritually without this person or maybe these couple of people. I tell you what, when you leave today, go call them and talk to them on the telephone or give them a message, send them a long message explaining how and why they've impacted your life. One of the things I think Central Bible has excelled at through the years, and especially because of its connection to Multnomah, for sure. But I think Dr. Mitchell and the many leaders of CB have done a great job of this. Is is this verse in Timothy, Second Timothy chapter two, one and two? You then, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus, and the things you have heard me say in the presence of many witnesses. And trust to reliable men who will also be qualified to teach others. And in my experience, CB has excelled in this through the years, especially because of the partnership with Multnomah, no doubt about it. But so many men and women have gone out of this church family and had tremendous impact in the world around us. The message of the Lord has rang out from you. The faith that you have has impacted so many people, literally hundreds and thousands of people through the 88 years of the legacy of Central Bible. And that's a beautiful thing. That is an amazing reality. Even my church in Olympia, I'm at manual Bible Fellowship, it's been around for 64 years. Over half of the life of the church, of our church in Olympia has had a pastor who's graduated from Multnomah Bible College or even been involved at Central Bible at some point in time too. Over half of that church's life. And you go all around the Northwest and you find that. As I go to gatherings with other pastors, some of you guys, Andrew and Andrew, Joshua, you go to places and you start talking, oh yeah, I went to Multnomah. You know a lot of guys at all these other churches because they went to Multnomah, which Multnomah obviously came from Central Bible. The vision Not just of Dr. Mitchell, but the people of CB. It's so amazing to see the legacy. I have a list. When I left Central Bible, I had been keeping a list of the names of interns. And that might be even too small. Can you guys even read that? I had had kept a list from 1990 up until when I left here at the end of 2011. All the skate interns that were on that list. Starting with Paul Anderson, who started Skate Church. Gerald, who's going to be here next week. Um, You just go through that list, you see so many amazing guys who are doing awesome things for the kingdom of God. Obviously in the letter it says Tim Mackey, John Collins. Man, Tim was a punk skater smoking dope, skating in this very room as a high school boy. Did not know Jesus. And Paul and these guys ministered to Tim Led Tim to Christ. Tim was in our, our small group with Melody and I. When we were here, we had a marriage small group that we led. Tim and Jessica were in that small group. And John, he was hired as a skate church guy and then our Sunday night pastor. And like, look at these guys now. It's like, wow, they are impacting hundreds of thousands of people. We go to Latvia every summer. I've taken a team a couple times to Latvia. Our church has gone four the last four summers in a row. And our missionary from Latvia, his name's is Raimons, he came through olympia a couple months ago and his, he stopped he made a trip to portland and he said sean i can't say his accent in latvian i'm going to stop at the bible project and he, he did it actually he told me after the fact that he stopped at the bible project i was like you should have told me right i know one of those guys i could have said come out and meet rymons because in latvia they're showing the bible project videos to all the guys that they're ministering to And that has come right from this very room of skate church. Because Tim probably prayed to receive Christ in this room on this cement. And it's just crazy. You look at the youth interns up here. I see one over here, Joy. But just go through this list of guys, just amazing guys that are pastors and missionaries still to this day. And college, um, there's there's another list. Just like the, the list goes on and on and on. Of the reliable men and women who have been taught and qualified to teach other people. And as I think about this church moving forward, as it splits, as it not splits, but as it ends, and you make a choice, what am I going to do? Am I going to choose to fellowship with the new church plant that Andrew and Russell are going to be leading, or am I going to find a new fellowship? Every one of you, every one of you should be pursuing growth in your life so that you could be a dynamic leader no matter what church you're going to be fellowshipping in. So that you, when you go to this next church that you're going to go to, hopefully you're going to jump in right away and say, I am here to serve. I am here to lead. I'm here to follow as well, but I'm here in humility because I want to make an impact for the kingdom of God. I don't want to come sit on my hands at church I don't want them to do what I want them to do as leaders, but I want to have kingdom impact. I want to see the message of the Lord ring out around the city and around the world. And Central Bible Church has done a phenomenal job through its history of doing just that. I'm amazed when I think about just how God has been so good and so gracious to me. Don't you just sit back sometimes when you get really reflective and say, wow, God, why? why? Why would you choose me? You are so good. And just being overcome with his forgiveness. He has rescued us, Colossians says. He has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the son that he loves. In whom we have redemption, the forgiveness Of sins. And I think Central Bible has lasted so long for two reasons. One, Central Bible has always highly revered the Word of God and held it high. And you know what? Let's be honest. A lot of churches in America don't. I have people coming to our church in Olympia saying, We're coming here because the Word isn't, we're not finding a church where they're really preaching the Word. The second reason I think Central Bible has lasted so long is because they have exalted the person and the work of Jesus Christ. It's not about me, it's not about you, it's about Jesus Christ. Exalting who he was, exalting what he did, and how that influences your life and my life for eternity to come. We need to be men and women who are just passionate about knowing Jesus Christ and following him with everything that we have. And it's because of his great love that God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in our sins and transgressions. And that phrase for me is one of the phrases that I reflect on a lot in my life, that I am alive with Christ. I, I was once dead in my sins, and now... Because of him and everything that he is and who he is, I'm alive in Jesus Christ. So, boy, I better live like it. I better surrender myself to the life of Christ every day and to his love for me. Recently, my nine-year-old son, I won't tell you who he is, but he's over there. His name's Matthias. <laughs> Matthias, I was tucking him in and he said, Dad, do you love me? And so I said, of course I don't love you, you dorkwad. And I tickle him. Do you love me, Dad? Who do you love the most, Dad? And has your son or daughter ever asked you a question like that? I said, Bud, you know that I love you so much. And, and, And I can't do enough to communicate to you how much I love you, Matthias. And I tickled him some more and rubbed him on the head and... And I don't know if he really likes that or not, but I think he does. And then I rile them all up, and they don't go to sleep for another 15 to 30 minutes. But, yeah, I love you, son. And, and again, it's the reminder, as we think about God the Father, as he looks at you, and he says, I love you. I love you so much. And I have offered my son for you to have life everlasting. Don't settle for anything else. Don't look to anything else to be your greatest joy, to be your greatest comfort. Look to Jesus alone. Look to Jesus alone. You are alive in Christ if you know the Savior. And and Dr. Mitchell used to ask the question, right? Do you love the Savior? And I used to interpret this question and maybe feel like guilt like a guilt trip kind of a question. Do you love this Savior, Sean? Oh yeah, I don't. But now it's more,, oh, why wouldn't I just be madly in love with the Savior? Why be duped and tricked into thinking anything else in this world is going to satisfy my deepest longings and cravings for life? Because it's not. Nothing's going to satisfy me. And now as I think about that question, do you love the Savior, I'm convicted because I recognize there's things I love more than the Savior sometimes. I just get off track. I get stuck in my sin or my self-worship or my whatever, you know, my hobbies, uh, my kids, my church, anything like that. Instead of just coming back to the basics and saying, Jesus loves me, this I know. The Bible tells me so, and I'm going to be a man, be a woman, be a boy, be a girl, Who's I'm going to follow after Jesus with everything that I have. And as I think about my life, after I graduated, I got married. Praise the Lord, she married me. I don't know how she ever did that, but she did. And uh, very soon after that, I started at Central Bible. And I had 15 years where I was so blessed to be at Central Bible Church and, and as I think about even today, even coming back and seeing so many people that haven't been here for a long time, that I haven't even seen in a long time, I have so many memories, so many stories I'd love to tell. So many people, the Wex, the Bill and Margaret Ames, I mean, I can name them and tell story after story after story of people. I have on my desk in Olympia a picture right here. Uh, there's an old guy at this church, Dick and Lois Cordell. And has Dick gone to be with the Lord? And uh, they attended here for 50, 60 years. He graduated from Multnomah. And um, Dick would go and minister to international students here in Portland at Portland State University. And he was known for years. He'd be picking up international students all the time in his car from the airport, driving them around. Right before we left Central Bible, Dick, he's a short little guy. Sean, I want to take you out for dinner, you and your family. I said, okay, so... we go out to Chinese food, of course. We go to his house. And we went to his house. He let us all pick out a figurine. Because he had all these figurines that all these international students for years and years and years had given to him as a gift. And I picked this one. And it sits on my desk. And I think of Dick Cordell. And you know what makes me think of it? It This makes me think of the family of Central Bible. The people of Central Bible. That's what church, church is all about Jesus Christ. No doubt about it. But we are the church, aren't we? We are the body of Christ. We have unity because of Jesus and who he is and what he's done for us. That he's called us to live in unity. Called us to love one another. I look at Eleanor Yost or Norm Cook or Michael McKinster, Gordon and Donna Gurney. I'm not going to say all your names out here. But that's the most precious thing to me. Is the names of the people. But not just the names. It's the time spent with the people. It's the tears. It's the laughter. It's the fun. It's the deep conversations. It's a guy like Luke Hotchkiss right here slamming a chunk of ice into a bus up on Mount Hood on a high school winter retreat. (laughs) Um, It's just so many people that I've loved and that have loved me so many times. Merle and Linda Christian, Linda taught Sunday schooler for years and years and years. And I remember the day she was mortified when she came to me and said, Pastor Sean, your little son Timmy, he had three knives in Sunday school today. <laughs> Timmy was right here when he was five years old. He came with three knives in his pocket. Now he's a 19-year-old guy. One of my students, wore Maddox, he made a picture of myself. I used to work out back in the day. He made this picture of me. He said, Sean, I want to have you, I want you to have this. And uh, that's I, I've gone downhill considerably. The 40s just really do it to you. Oscar Oswald, Hellamar, would take me to the Rhinelander. Oscar served in Hitler's army. He was in the Nazi army. And he got saved. He came to Portland and he found Central Bible Church. And there was another gal, Hella Mar, she was in the Hitler Youth Brigade. And she had attended here for many, many years. And I would have Oscar come and teach our high school students on Veterans Day. He would speak about what it was like to be in the military, what it was like to be in war. Ray and Betty Whips. Ray would always look up to me. He was a short guy. He said, Sean, I'm always going to look up to you. (laughs) I mean, I want to cry just because of the dear, dear relationships and friends that's what the church is all about and and as 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 you think about this verse in corinthians and i'm going to wrap it up the body is a unit that was made up of many parts and though all its parts are many they form one body so it is with christ we were all baptized by one spirit into one body whether jews or greeks slave or free we were all given the one spirit to drink you and i today even if i've never met you before what's your name Sawyer, Sean, nice to meet you. We have the one spirit. If you're a believer in Jesus Christ, you know Christ, I know Christ. We are brothers in the Lord. And there's fellowship there. There's family there immediately. And so as you move out of Central Bible, as this period of 88 years of a church body comes to a close, go out from this place. Whether you join the church plant that's going to spring from this or join another church, you have to go out asking yourself the question, how will the message of the Lord ring out in the years to come from this body? How is the message of the Lord going to ring out from your life in the years to come? Who is going to come to know Christ because of the testimony of your life in the future? How is your faith going to be reported in the world in the years to come. Because I know beyond a shadow of a doubt, there are people in your lives that are this close to coming to know Jesus Christ. And they're waiting for you, and they're waiting for me to love them, and not only to love them, but to share the good news of the gospel with them. I coach basketball at North Thurston High School in Olympia, and a couple weeks ago, I was preaching and I was studying all that day, and one of the guys comes up to me on the team, big six foot six basketball player. He's like a seventh grader trapped in a six foot six, 240 pound body. He's the goofiest kid on our team. And he's like, So, coach, what'd you do today? I said, Well, I was studying all day. Oh, that's cool. Studying for what? I was studying because I'm speaking at my church on Sunday. Oh, well, good luck with that. And then this other kid, Evan, comes over. And Evan's his buddy, he's a little guy, he's kind of a brown noser, and um, he's like, what, what'd you do today, coach? And I said, well, I was studying today, because I was preaching, I'm preaching this Sunday. He's like, oh, great, okay, cool. And so the next day I come to practice, Evan, the short guy, comes up to me and he says, hey, coach, are you, are you nervous? I'm like, nervous? Yeah, for your, for your speech on Sunday. And I said, well, I'm always a little nervous, it's good to be nervous To be humble, depend on the Lord. And he's okay, well, good luck with that. And so then the next day, Saturday, we're at practice again. And he's he, again, Evan initiates with me. And he says, hey, are you ready? And I'm like, Evan, you've asked me now two days in a row, are you coming or what? And all of a sudden he stops. He's like shooting a ball. And all of a sudden he stops. He picks up the ball. And he says, whoa, I've never been to church before. I said, well, come. I'll sit by you. And he's like, are you going to talk the whole time? (laughs) And I said, no, I won't talk the whole time. But it'll be about 35, 45 minutes. And then we sing a little bit. And, uh, oh, okay, well, if I don't go skiing, I'll be there. I say, well, if you come, bring Will with you, the big, tall, goofy guy. So that night I go home, get on Facebook. I have a friend request on Instagram. I send him and he accepts it immediately. I send him a message giving him all the details about church the next day, what times the services are. He can wear anything, you gotta wear something, but wear some clothes and, and come find me, I'll totally sit by you. And I was praying for Evan to come and come to know Christ. Because I was preaching on Jesus being anointed in Bethany, Mark chapter 14, and this is the gospels all in this passage. And, and he didn't show up. And I was kind of bummed, but I kind of expected he wouldn't come. Because it was a beautiful day for skiing that day. And after second service, a 25-year-old guy walks up to me. His name is Corey. He says, hey, can I talk to you? And he was really somber, really interesting-looking guy on my first impression. And I said, sure. So we go over to my office. And in the next 45 minutes, with his fiancée, who I knew her, she had been a student of mine seven years ago when I moved there. And Corey prayed to receive Christ that morning. And, and I tell this story because there are Evans all over the place. They're thinking, they're asking questions. They're, they're people you need to be reaching out to. They're the Zacchaeus hanging on the tree that it's time to go after these people with the gospel, with the love of Jesus Christ. And they're Corys that they're just coming. They're going to come to your new church plant and they're going to get saved and find life in Christ. And, and, and my message is just the heart of CB has always been to go glorify God. Share the gospel. Revere the Bible. And as we think about communion, the worship team is going to come on up as we celebrate communion this morning. And it, it flows just out of why this church came to be in the first place. To give honor and glory and praise to Jesus Christ, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. And that's why we're here. And you know, I'm so thankful for the leadership of this church. Danny being here, the five years he's been here. Andrew, the eight years It has been a difficult time in the life of Central Bible. And as I've talked with them, as I've followed from afar and prayed for Central Bible, I am wholeheartedly supporting these guys and their decision of where they're moving. In the sense of making this decision, it's time to close Central Bible. It's time to close Central Bible and to sell the property and to actually be able to do a new beautiful thing to picture establishing many, many different churches that are going to reach many Evans and quarries throughout the city of Portland and who knows where else from the endowment that's going to be able to be uh, put forth. And so I, I am so thankful for these guys and their wives because been, they've been a part of this too and it's been a hard road. But we come back to Jesus this morning and I just want to pray and then we're going to sing and have communion. Lord, we thank you. Again, for your goodness. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for sending Jesus Christ to be that propitiation for our sins, to pay what we could not pay. We just love you. We pray that you would increase our love for you, God. We just thank you so much for who you are and all that you've done. May we be men and women and boys and girls who follow wholeheartedly after you worship you. Thank you.
0: Amen. We desire to be formed by the word of God in community. If you have questions about this week's sermon, we would love to hear from you. For more information about our church, please visit centralbible.church.